Hello, Eloise. Wow. Hi. It's uh, so much easier to do this in North America. Then, yeah, Brazil was a bit tricky. It was quite <laughs> tricky. We weren't, we weren't very successful getting on board. Uh, <laughs> this laptop life doesn't really work everywhere, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Internet doesn't work everywhere. That's that's yeah. the big trick. Yeah, they <laughs> they don't have the the appropriate internet facilities. So yeah, today we're just uh, trying to figure out what we go into next. It's hilarious that we keep talking. It's a year now, right? Or over a year? Well, over a year. Yeah. We're over a year talking to each other. I mean. I can't believe we can come up with more subjects, but uh, we <laughs> we are. You know, we just keep coming up with more subjects. <laughs> well, there's always something to talk about. Yeah, there was. We we kind of decided what we wanted to talk about today, which is past lives. But then, I was also wondering energetically, you know these you know these new blankets that that are weighted. Oh yes, yeah, the anxiety uh yeah anxiety or just yeah just i don't even know if it's only anxiety it just feels really good because i'm thinking of also high sensitive people you know yeah i think we talked about this before Uh, have we yeah (laughs) and the anxiety and the blankets yeah okay did we figure it's amazing like like that's the thing we've been talking for every year well, it doesn't matter because we can repeat. <laughs> yeah, but did we figure out a little bit more about why we would use them? Because you know, I'm talking about. I'm yeah. wrapping up my legs, you know, uh, with these wraps, and it's not very tight or anything, but just the pressure feels better on the nerves. Mm. Um, it's just kind of very um, calming to the nerves. So mm. just thinking of those blankets of different things that, you know, like I, I, like pantyhose, I can't stand. Oh yes, you know, I can't wear. Can't those. do that, even though there's you can, you know, buy a smaller pair and use that pressure, but it doesn't work, right? So so interesting, yeah. you know, what does work and what doesn't. Then there there are people who swear by um, those um, compression leggings, right? But you'd have to. Yeah. But some 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 of them you could put uh, as socks. Some of them you could put as um, you know that they go thigh high, and then some you know you wear all the way up. So you know I, I wasn't too into the ones that get really tight because it gets really tight mm-hmm. around the knee, or and it's like no 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 that just totally is uncomfortable or tight around the thigh. It's like no 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 I can't do that. Completely impossible. And yeah. um, and then, of course, to put it all the way up. So it's like, okay, well, now it wouldn't be kind of pressing on one area. And then you put it all the way up. But all I could think of was, how do you go pee? <laughs> well, really, yeah. how do you get that stuff? If it's so difficult to get it's on. It's hard to get them on and off. Yeah, it's hard to get them on and off. How the heck do you go pee? So no one's answering that question for me because I oh you know when I'm on the airplane I'm I am definitely drinking a lot of water so you know every hour almost I'm going uh number one (laughs) and it's just how are you going to get those things on and off it's bad enough just lifting 
you know, up my underwear, I end up banging my elbows on the sides of the uh, <laughs> of the loo, right? <laughs> boom, 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 right? So I just go, well, what's going to happen if you got these, these, <laughs> these tight, 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 uh, oh. what do you call them? Compression pantyhose, unbelievable. So nobody's really answered how you do all of that. I think you need crotchless or something. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. I think they do do that for some things. But it's like those, uh, you know, they have all those underwear that you can wear to flatten your stomach and all the rest of it. Who can ever get those on? They're like... (laughs) Well, getting them on is one thing, but they, wow, it's just so uncomfortable. I can't stand it on my belly. Though I did discover this trip. Yazex. Oh my God. Don't that know about stuff that. is marvelous. I'm telling you, wonderful stuff. What is it? Yazex. But is it a, a cream or a. No, a pill. No. Oh, okay. A little tiny pill. And, uh, you know, I took that before getting, or when I got on the plane, I think. And man, just reduce the uh, the swelling and inflammation. So pretty much did that the whole trip there and then on the way back. And only that last 11 hours waiting at JFK Airport. 11 hours. About the latter half of the day, I went and had some lunch. And that's when the the Gazex, you know, wouldn't even work. (laughs) It was just, which is fine. You know, I got home okay it wasn't like i had to sit for 11 hours on a plane i could get up and walk around and yeah you know do all those bodily functions that you don't talk about (laughs) 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 so yeah so anybody have any advice on compression socks or leggings complete leggings because i don't think i could wear the socks let me know let us know let us know I don't know. We're not. We're that not. That sounded like let it snow, but it already is. Let us know. Let us know. Well, I'm. I'm <laughs> let tired. It snow, it's, let it snow. It's, I know. It's, <laughs> it's been a long trip to get home, so if I don't make sense, you'll know why. So we wanted to talk about past lives today, and um, yeah. just demonstrate to the world our veritable ignorance on the subject. <laughs> Right. Even though we do this work, I've had right? a lot of past lives to you know like work this out. <laughs> yeah, I always say to have to listen to everyone's problems all day long and and work with people that are, you know, have difficult issues healing. I must have been a really horrible person. <laughs> must have been <laughs> yes, so bad. But nobody's nobody's actually come up with. Um, you know, the most horrible past life uh, that would uh, validate my theory that I must have been truly horrible. Oh, so, no, I've had it come up. Apparently, I used to chop people's heads off. Okay, well, so. you're way luckier than I am, then, uh, to <laughs> have that rise to the surface. So, we have, we have different kinds of past lives. So, there's eighth chakra past lives. Do you want to give that a go and explain that? Yeah, that's um, 
do you know i think we've spoken about this as well at some point but yeah it's unexplained stuff i always call it so like when we come into this life we kind of pick up fragments of things that aren't our past lives but they're fragments of other people's where things need to be experienced and processed so let's say if someone died they might be pretty upset and angry in that moment when they die and they don't get to express all of the emotion before they pass on. So that kind of needs to get picked up by someone somewhere. Um, they may take so, it into So that's going to explain but... why you could have several people who uh, yeah, claim to have been Cleopatra. <laughs> yeah. Thousands of people have. And this is the thing. So we get these little fragments and, you know, they can make us repeat patterns in life or... If we have a similar experience, it just feels way worse because we're kind of tuning into this memory that hasn't even happened to us. And it's, yeah, so you might pick it up in a past life regression, but once you kind of clear it, then you won't anymore because it wasn't actually your past life. It's just kind of unexplained stuff. But, well, it's know, almost some... like the collective as well. We're, we're healing yeah. all the ignorance anyway, so... Yeah, um, yeah. So I like that imagery of the ocean and the waves. So we pick up those bits and pieces from the ocean and we're individual waves. And just imagine all these past lives or just not really the life. Right? We don't actually pick up the life. We pick up the unresolved event. Mm. Right. It's not yeah. necessarily the life of that person. We would see it's that person that and fact. the murder they committed or um, the, the robbery they committed or the infidelity they committed or, um, or, or even less, uh, less dramatic can be uh, anything that, that an individual hasn't, with, hasn't resolved or hasn't uh, transmuted into wisdom, that ignorance. And it's floating around in the ocean of everything and uh, each time a soul is born a bit of that could be picked up and then we mm. we need to resolve it though it is not this particular soul's past life so then we get to the past life that is part of the soul that is living in this the right atrium of the heart living in this body right so mm. when we say i we're referring to that but Likely when I say I, I'm not talking from the soul. I'm talking from some ego sense. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know. So, you know, these are these are things we, we're figuring out, right? So, yeah. so there is this, um, yeah, this soul that has all of the experiences and is going through our experience, but wants um, us to resolve whatever's within that soul. Mm. So we can have eighth chakra that is the everything, and then we have the soul that needs resolution as well. I really like that idea that, you know, if we're not working things out, the soul will try to get us killed, you know? It's like, God, you're boring. <laughs> you're not resolving anything. Let's just... Yeah, you're not resolving anything. Let's, let's do some drama. You know, let's get you to walk in front of that bus. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so I find that fascinating. Uh, Maybe your bird was <laughs> wanting to walk under a bus. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely, definitely triggered by this conversation. So, well, let's say, let's say that's, um, I mean, I mean, I can't say that's verifiable. Um, no, that's the thing. We can't verify any of this, really, can we? No, we can't. No, we yeah. can't. But the one thing I do know, and these are two, two events that occurred. Um, so I would, when I was a, you know, a tarot reader and a, I do psychometry, though, for past lives only. And, mm. you know, I did hundreds and hundreds of these past lives yeah. through the tarot or through uh, psychometry. Hundreds. Until, like, and, um, you know, people were really into it. And I was like, how come they're so into this? Like, what is this belief that they have in, in past lives? And, of course, there was a huge realization that, you know, if they could find a past life that validated their situation now, they could blame the past life. Or some people were just yeah. pained uh, by it. And then um, finally, after I don't know how many years of doing this, finally, I gave a reading to this girl and a past life came up that was ready to be resolved. And I saw two little girls. This girl was dark haired dark eyes, dark skin. And what I saw were two little blonde girls, uh, really beautiful. One about mm. seven and the other about two or three. And the one that was two or three years old was the girl in front of me. So yes. the older sister was jealous of the younger one. And they're playing with a couple of other kids in sort of this barn type thing. And um, I can remember this so vividly. And uh, the this has to be 20 to 25 years ago so it's a long time but it just never left me and i'm watching the the older sister not really knowing what's going to happen or what will result pick up this hatchet and um you know in the games and everything she picks it up and smacks her little sister in the head wow the corner of the hatchet go into her head and then the head splits open. But it was oh. the corner of the hatchet that drew my attention and how it created a sort of a triangle yeah. in, in, yeah. uh, into the head. And of course, it was very, very uh, sad to watch. And mm-hmm. I had a few tears coming. And then our, the, the girl who you know, sets up the appointments came and said, your time's up. Um, and the next person is here. So I said, I'm really sorry. You have to go now. And she leaves. And a week later, she shows up and she says, I'd like to have a break. I'd like to talk to you. I'll take you for coffee. Yeah. So there's a coffee shop downstairs. We go downstairs. And she said, I don't know if you remember what happened. Anyway, she kind of gives me the preamble. And I said, no, no, I remember that. Past life, it was very vivid. It still kind of strikes me. Mm-hmm. And she said, I want to show you something. And by the way, my boyfriend thinks that you saw this. And I said, it's impossible because my hair was pulled back. There's no way I could have seen it. And she splits open her hair. And there's the the little angle. Oh, yeah. Triangle of the hatchet with a bloodstain. Mad, isn't it? So it was bloodstain and stuck in her head. And I was, I was blown away. 
Yeah. So that was the first time I went, maybe there's something to That's these past lives. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe something is going on here that I, I just don't get. So that was just like, what, you know, coincidence that somebody has a, you know, a hatchet mark, not a mark. It was like an indentation into her head. Right. And she had said that, you you know, this helped so much because they had been testing it. They didn't know what it yeah, was when she was a little kid. Working. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is really quite something. And then I don't know how long later, you know, whether it was days or months or weeks or. But it was still in close proximity. Um, I'm reading a past life for a girl. And of course, I had my eyes closed doing these things. And I'm watching the movie of this past life where, you know, it's kind of Victorian times. She's got a huge, um, you know, one of these velvet Victorian long dresses. Yeah. And she's wearing a pendant around her neck. And as I'm talking about the pendant, uh, my hands are scratching my throat and neck. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're just so itchy. And I remember trying to figure out whether there were bugs on her, you know, during that oh. lifetime. So I'm just like completely scratching. And she's kind of trying to, I remember going, Terri-Ann, Terri-Ann. And finally I could hear her talking and she's like, Terri-Ann, Terri-Ann, open your eyes. And I opened my eyes, she said, look. And she's showing her neck. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, you're just showing me your yeah. neck. And... Uh, she said, I don't wear jewelry. I'm allergic to it. So I was like, wow, you know, that's that's cool too, right? Mm. Really, really cool. So so those two events really uh, struck me as, okay, there's something, definitely something to these past lives. And um, sometimes at some point for a person to hear that past life, it would it would resolve things for them. Yeah. It would kind of tidy up things. So it was only after with Body Talk that I learned some of the differences, like eighth chakra, past lives, and then you have um, the past lives that uh, are part of the soul of this body. Mm. So I don't know which those were. You know, I, I have no idea. At the time, I wasn't even, it wasn't even on my radar to think differently i just thought no i also thought about things i don't know you must think this too that time is vertical it's not yeah. linear. so everything's happening so that, that now yeah so you know i kind of took it as that all those lifetimes were gathered around and whether they were ours or something we just picked up you know doesn't really matter right? mm. except Except now that when, you know, because we do a couple of different techniques in body talk, right? We do eighth chakra, past lives, but we also do soul and three brain. Mm. And that transmutation uh, can be quite different mm -hmm. than, than the eighth chakra. But I, I, don't, I don't know about whether it's important or not. Whatever link we do, we could do a very simple link, right? And that could... That could change our lives, right? Yeah. No, I don't know if it really, really matters. Though I think the most important thing is that people look for past lives as an ego trip. It's more getting involved in these past lives to figure out, you know, was I this or was I yeah. that? I'm not quite sure. 
I'm not quite sure that their interest uh, lies in in healing, right? Mm. It's more in fascination. It's more of the ego. I, yeah. I, I would say. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that because like, some people want to be important. They want to be significant in some way, shape or form. And if they're not feeling significant in this life, hey, I could have been something significant in a past life. Let's go and look at that. <laughs> right. So there's definitely that that ego trip. Mm that people go on. So that was one of the reasons I stopped reading past lives. So I do tell people I, I do do readings and include um, a little section for past lives, but only uh, tell you the past life if that past life is going to resolve something yeah. um, in the present. And usually that's what happens. I go through it. It's like, no, there's no past life that appears. But when it does, yeah, it's usually quite interesting and very involved in the reading and has a lot of parallels in their lives. And um, just just getting that work through is very interesting. Yeah, I do that with oh, and obviously we do that with with body talk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like. I, I sometimes think like it's almost like sometimes we go to past lives and I just get an inkling it's just a way in of observing something it's almost like it doesn't really feel like that but it's the only way that we can shift something for somebody it's um... yeah I just you know when it comes to tarot and all the stories it's like no we need a story yeah, yeah exactly yes that that may not completely have anything to do with well the story isn't the story that you're experiencing in the present. Like uh, somebody steals a piece of bread in uh, the Egyptian marketplace in the year uh, 203 BC. Right? <laughs> so, so, I mean, that, that, that part of the story has nothing to do with uh, what, what they're experiencing presently, but they may have, done something like you know dipped into the 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 coffers or um yeah done something a little deceptive uh to you know to justify their theft right i know we get all emotional especially when it comes to jean valjean in les miserables Mm. Uh, when it when it comes to that kind of thing, we get you know they shouldn't have jailed him because he only stole a piece of bread for his family. Well, you know by the same token, uh, why couldn't you just discuss with someone that you're poor? Yeah, yeah. Go to a church, go to a local church, and uh, you probably would get something for the poor. Why do you actually have to to steal? Yeah. And, and Jean Valjean does actually uh, go in to steal from the priest, right? And the priest ends up giving him all the silverware. <laughs> so it's, it's very interesting that why, why is the go-to I'm going to have to steal something when you could ask? Yeah, yeah. It's, what's that all about? Like, what a, what a complex story Les Miserables is. Yeah. <laughs> because it starts on the premise of, uh, of a, a moral conundrum. Right, that moral conundrum says, "Well, his kids are starving, so let's steal the bread." Or he was starving. Mm. Um, let's steal the bread, and then 
the next thing is why do you have to steal? Why can't you ask? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why couldn't she just have asked someone? Yes, you might be refused a, a bunch of times, but someone's gonna there, say there's yes. always a way. Yeah. Somebody's gonna give you something. Somebody's gonna give you a piece of bread. It's just ridiculous that we and it's almost like to, uh, well no, it's very similar. So if that's not occurring today, it's very similar to um, not asking your boss for a raise. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of this whole um, problem with women is that they're not so, um, well, I mean, I'm sure you understand this, listening to women talking, you know, it's more talking behind people's back than the bravery to stand up and say, this is what I need. And this is what I want, right? Mm. Uh, women don't often do that. Yeah. Some do. Some, of course, I'm not talking about every single woman, but I would say the, the majority of women that I know uh, don't necessarily do that. Whereas men do. Mm. They're, they're always going in and negotiating raises and negotiating. So, and women don't. So when they when you look at the the one of the discrepancies in wages is because women don't ask. Yeah. Oh, I. And, I uh, <laughs> yeah. Not, again, yeah, I yeah, didn't I say know, every, every single woman. And, uh, <laughs> Never used to get one, but I used to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also a negotiation process, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and if you are that, we can never forget, if you are that really good employee. Yeah. Um, forget the, the employee that you think you are in your head is not the employee that, yeah. <laughs> that you might actually be, right? Yeah. And how, how do you know that? We've talked extensively yeah. about, um, you know, when I was leaving a job in the past and how much they kept offering me to to stay and i had no idea it was worth that but the minute i mean it's it's easy for someone who's talented who's worthwhile to a company um to say okay well then if you're not going to give me the raise i'm leaving and the company might say i truly regret it but i can't pay you anymore it could be legitimate yeah. that the, the company is working within its means and ends up um having employees that aren't doing as well or another thing that can happen is you have very few employees but they're like let's say two top uh people and you pay them a lot mm. more right so you know some some companies just can't afford it so they they lose that person so if you're not willing to stay and you are a top employee you're going to get a job easily there's no there's no problem yeah in getting a job um, when you're because it, there's so many rules, right? The uh, the, the the 2080 rule or the 1080 yeah. 1090 rule that 8020 80 20 it's 80 20, yeah. right? Where 20 percent yeah. of the people do 50 percent of the work. Yeah. You got 10 employees, two of them are doing um 10 percent, uh, doing 50 percent of the work, and then you got the other eight doing all the rest that's crazy mm. but that's the way it is right you're gonna have people who just don't do the work they do whatever it is i mean that's that's just how it is uh 
you can't afford to have all of your employees. One cannot afford to have all of their employees that are going to be doing 50, you know, that one person who does the 50% of the work. Yeah. You can't afford that person, you know, unless you're, you ensure they got this great worker with terribly low self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> you won't ask for money and won't, won't move forward. Right? Yeah. But they're eventually going to leave because they're just too interesting. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, a good employee is going to keep on moving and they're not going to stay somewhere. Um, though a lot of employees, this this is a difficulty I find so hard to deal with is the people who think they're great employees. Yeah. They just think they're so wonderful. And they they end up having harboring resentments toward their bosses and... Um, you know, saying the boss is stupid or, yeah. um, or just saying they're, they're not valued without realizing they're not valuing themselves. Yeah. And maybe they're not valuing themselves because they won't take the risk to find out what they're really worth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite a, a step to say, I'm going to go ask for a raise they don't give me a raise to ask why you're not giving me a raise. Is this a financial thing or can I improve to be able to get a raise? You know, people answer these questions. It's not like you just go in and ask for a raise, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you asked for a raise and you didn't get one, what was the reason? Uh, They always justified that my wages were about average for the team and they couldn't pay me more because it would be unfair to everyone else. Which doesn't, yeah, but then I would have the conversation of, well, what's lacking, what's missing, or are you just putting me on the wrong project and not making use of my strengths. But I did once get the raise I wanted to the penny and then I left anyway. <laughs> right. So you end up leaving. I left anyway. Right. That's and usually, then like two weeks if you're I left, like, they went, oh, here's the money you wanted. And I'm like, nah, it's not enough now. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite fun yeah yeah I don't know if you're I, I really think if we're I don't I don't think you know people are out to screw people like, no uh, I'm sure there's assholes out there um, but I think most of the time it's like well this is what I can afford so yeah because you know, as in a boss now, right? Yeah. You've been running your own company for how many years? 11? 20? 11? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've, like been running, <laughs> I've been running this one for 23 yeah. years, right? Or 24 years. I've been, I ran another company for 11 years, ran another one for yeah. a year, got it off the ground, and then gave it up, and then to to my partner. Yeah. I grew so, up in a self-employed um, dad. So. so, you know, what is mm-hmm. the facility and ease with which you can retain an employee? Mm. It's hard, yeah. Yeah, you really have to understand what drives them. So, like... Well, I'm thinking financially yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, financially, financially first. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, because sometimes people don't the finance isn't the thing they just like to feel acknowledged or 
like there's other ways that they feel kind of appreciated. Yeah, which is, you know, you're, you're working your butt yeah. off in a company, especially in our work. If my employee requires acknowledgement, you know, I would instantly say, let's do some work on it. Yeah. Why do you need me to acknowledge you? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, am I, you know, I would first ask you, am I doing things that insult you or hurt you? You know, it, it, like, it's a really interesting thing that people need that acknowledgement. Yeah. And I know this is, this is a big deal then, right? Yeah. You've got to support the team and you got, I mean, obviously you don't want to yell at your, at your people or your employees or treat them badly. But, you know, who, who, who's the one who's going to begin this idea that you're going to acknowledge such an interesting subject? Because if the boss is the one who's supposed to be, or the, the higher up, anybody higher up, why should they be the one to acknowledge? So if I hire somebody to come into my company, mm. I'm paying them. Why am I acknowledging them? Why are they not turning around to go, wow, you're such a great boss. Look at all the risks you've taken. I really yeah. admire what you've done. I want to be here to support you while you go through these very uh, difficult tasks of keeping your company afloat when we know it's highly improbable that a company can stay afloat. Yeah. It's a, you know, limited probability. So I'm here to be on board, to be the person behind you constantly making sure that you're okay. Mm. Why wouldn't we do that? No, we don't do that. So, and the boss, where is he getting acknowledgement from? He's not getting acknowledgement from his clients. No. The client's not going to come in and go, you have the greatest product out you're of amazing. all the people I'm, you know. You're so amazing. He's, he's going to try and get the best price he can get. So, yeah. you know, the, the boss isn't out there feeling all confident and loved and, and admired and acknowledged by his, his customers. Mm. He's constantly trying. I, I mean, what are we trying to do? But even if, if my client tells me, uh, you know, I love coming to see you. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. But I know that, that I cannot sit back on my laurels. Yeah. Yeah. And that compliment doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't, it's like, that's more for the client themselves to give that compliment. They want to share that with me. That's yeah. fine. But I'm still have to keep up to date. I have to keep researching. I have to keep taking classes. Yeah. I have to keep get, receiving treatment. Yeah. Or else, my God, you can, you can go stagnant really quick. Yeah. You know, you're you're constantly seeking. I prefer seeking um, how I can improve rather than, you know, that you just you're just saying, "Wow, I really like seeing you." That's great. I mean, I'm not saying that they, you know, dismissing what they've said, but um, quite frankly, that's not the point. And the (laughs) point is, I got to do the best job I can for the individual, and that means constant improvement. Yeah. So now you you want me to hire someone and and pay them, I'm gonna give them um, money that's that I'm working for so that they can support me mm. through the work that they do. And that's not what the employee often does. That's not what I have ever seen as part of 
the employee's repertoire of what they're going to do. Mm. It is almost antithetical to most attitudes of an employee. So, you know, most employees are going to complain about their boss. Most employees complain about their position. They complain about their chairs. We even know that the, mm -hmm. the legislation in companies that they're forced on companies now are uh, for the employee. You've got HR that is always for the employee. Yeah. Who's for the boss? No one. <laughs> it really paycheck, like, really that's, that's all they got yeah. yeah who's for the boss who's who's sitting there rooting for the boss that is uh risking his money and his time and yeah. and paying you you don't know what the boss gets paid and and i've known enough you know multi-millionaires who you know are earning all this money but it's all credit there's no money yeah there's no actual money anywhere. So the only person who's got actual money and buying and selling things is the employee. Mm. He's got, he's getting this, the money he gets and goes out into the market and exchanges it. But the boss may, may not be, may, may not. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone. Huh? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting, the attitudes that we have, that it's all, you know, the that some people need it. Uh, acknowledgement well yeah including the boss yeah you know it's it's so interesting right uh, how many times does this employee use demanding and and i'm saying demanding because that is what is happening now here um the demand for acknowledgement i demand acknowledgement I don't know. I, I just, I, and I don't know if this is a personality glitch on my part. I don't really care. I'd, I've been even told, you know, um, that in certain, you know, companies or places that I've gone, that there should be more acknowledgement for certain people. And I'm like, why? Yeah. You're, you're getting paid. Yeah. You're, you're, um, you do what you decide you're going to do. Uh, why does it need to be acknowledged? Why don't you just get up and acknowledge it yourself? Get up and say, I would like a raise for this. Or get up and say, look, I did this for the company. I'm giving it gratis to the company. You can take it and fly with it. But in the future, this will not be gratis. If you want me to perform this duty, yeah. I require a raise. You know, it's just... Simple as, but no, you want somebody to acknowledge you. Mm -hmm. um, that's just putting a lot more um, heaviness. Now, I know, again, we could go back to this past life thing where, you know, we're transmuting the past life. Most people are so ignorant of how they function. Right? Yeah. Do you really care about acknowledgement? Like, do you care? Well, now? I don't know. I'm going to ask. Um... Well, yeah, now. I don't know in Do certain really care? circumstances, but mainly where I volunteer, so I'm not getting paid. If I didn't feel acknowledged there, I'd probably be pissed off. Being clinic, like people come in and you know send me praise and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> right. So if you volunteer and you're not acknowledged, to be pissed off. See, that's, I find that interesting. Yeah. Why? Why would that be? I mean, if I volunteer, I'm doing that. Um, not, I mean, 
obviously then you're doing, you're not really volunteering. You're, you have a goal in mind, which is to get kudos. Well, right. It's, it's like, if you really want to, if you really want to donate, do it anonymously. Yeah. I'm not talking about, otherwise you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. I wasn't talking about charity work. So, But yeah, I know what you mean. Well, if you were what's the about, difference? Do, explain to me the difference. No, so like for my dancing stuff. So I help organise a load of dancing things. And mm-hmm. if I don't feel acknowledged there, because I'm not doing it for charity, it takes up a lot of my time and energy. But, but I love again, it. I, I don't get it because you're making the decision to organise. Or they're forcing you to. Well, they forced me to do it in the first place. <laughs> but if I do something, I do it yeah, properly. That sounds that sounds ridiculous. Yeah. You know that sounds ridiculous. Well, they asked me, and right? I went, "No, you're not turning my thing into work. <laughs> Fun into work." And then it's turned into work. Yeah. All right. Well, just don't do it. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there's there's no way they're forcing you. No, well, not a gunpoint, but you know. Not a gunpoint and not for survival or anything no. else. Just stop. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. What about the other people? Like, is everyone doing it? Okay, well, this is slightly a hypothetical situation. It's not actually like I am ignored, I, I am appreciated, if you see what I mean. But I think for something like that, I still would be upset if I wasn't appreciated. Well, that's my but point. I it doesn't may... really matter whether it's a real situation yeah, or not, right? Like to... Even if it's hypothetical, I'm just trying to explore mm. with you why we would have these differences. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just um... struggling to see it. Cause... Pardon? I'm... Well, it doesn't really yeah. matter. We don't need to come to a conclusion. We're just we're just positing things. People are going to listen, and there. I mean, I'm certain there's going to be a ton of people who think they should be acknowledged. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, I think in a way, I I kind of would, would like to negotiate that when people come in. It's like, do you need acknowledgement? Yeah. And if they say if they say yes, I'd want them to sign for that. And if they say no, I'd want them to sign. Because mm. once you have to sign, you're not going to lie, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So now for every bit of acknowledgement and time and energy I need to expend to acknowledge my employee, uh, I want a, a salary reduction mm. for them. Because I'm using that time and energy, which is money for me to acknowledge them or use another employee to go and acknowledge them. Yeah. And I want them to pay for that service. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, I'm just coming up with ideas here, you know, I think that service, I don't think that I should be penalized to acknowledge someone. I don't think that I should be penalized. I don't think that I should have to pay for a HR. I don't think I should have to, um, sit around and have discussions mm. about how so and so spoke. Um, I don't think I need to do that. So I think the the employees should pay into that. Yeah. And if they don't give a damn, like me, I don't give a shit. 
right? Yeah. I'll just go do it myself. Mm. And otherwise, everything else is just breaking the law. Like if you pay me less than someone else is breaking the law, I go to the law. I don't need to create a new law standard within my company. Mm. You know, I don't need that to, I don't need to, it's interesting. You're creating your own systems to monitor within a company, the behaviors, attitudes, and um, beliefs of different people. Mm. So certain things are against the law, like sexual uh, assault, sexual, you know, yeah. Um, what is it called? A bias, anything like that is against the law. So you got the law behind you. Yeah. I mean, you bring enough cases. <laughs> <laughs> One person says something versus, you know, 50 people start saying this company is doing this. Well, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah. yeah. You know, some people that one of the most difficult things is, and I think we could talk about this a really long time, is when a person believes their version of a story. Mm. The, the perceptual eyes we look through, those lenses, it's, it's part of the brain, part of memories, attitudes, beliefs, etc., that skew the actual event. Yeah. So, so sexual uh, innuendo will be read differently by each individual. Right? Yeah. So, so if, if guys are just, you know, making jokes about sex, um, they're just making jokes about sex. Yeah. And if a woman feels bad about it, and, and I think there are, you know, just as many women who make jokes about sex than as there are men who do this. It's just that when a woman can't stand it, she be, ends up being the whiniest. Mm. Again, this is all in, you know, reading the news and my personal experience in, um, in what, I don't know how many thousands of people I've seen and their perception can be skewed. Yeah. And how do I know that? Well, we do a breakthrough and they don't see the story the same way at all at the end. They go, oh my God, that was all in my head. Yeah. Oh my God, that's not the way it, that's not the way it is. Oh my God, I could have just done this. Like what, what was wrong with me? So that, you know, breakthrough really is such great evidence yeah. that we just don't think, see things. Um, we, we see things through our filters in the moment you, you, you question all of that, uh, you see it completely different. Mm. It's um, so freeing. It is freeing. And just so bizarre at the same time that we are not looking at reality. Yeah. We just aren't. No. We don't see reality. You know, so when it comes to all this that we're talking about that I'm trying to dig at a little bit here is that, um, you know, if I'm going to look for, I'm going to go for a job and I need, I require certain conditions to be met. Um, 
by the boss, mm. right? It's so interesting. Like if I find my seating area uncomfortable, but that's what they supply, why wouldn't I take care of that, yeah. right? Like, you know, right now the boss doesn't buy your clothes depending <laughs> on which company. Yes, unless you have he a uniform. Buy, he doesn't buy your clothes. Yeah. But you never know. In the future, it could be a parameter yeah. of being hired. You buy me my clothes. Yeah. Unless you know, you've got it, it's all in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even those specific uniforms, they have to purchase them. Yeah. Well, sometimes. Employees purchase yeah. the uniform. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. in most cases that I know, they purchase them. Um, yeah. I didn't know that they ever gave them. All right. So we'll continue this. Yeah, thanks, um, uh, I think this will be good to continue. And maybe you'll come up with some ideas on your theoretical. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. I'll have a think about it. <laughs> well, it'll just, it'll just rise yeah. up on its own. I'm going to let you go because I, as you could hear, we have a yeah, delivery coming. Yeah, get it. All right, my okay. darlings. Love you all Bye. and have a wonderful Bye. day. Bye.